Chocolate, chocolate chip. This is the Ruben Report. It's March 22nd in the year 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. If you want to join us for the post-game show, chat with us during the show. Get information and images and video to me and the team. You can do that by joining us at rubenreport.locals.com. And uh, we're going hardcore racehorse, not racist, racehorse, politics today, although I'm sure we can figure out a way to sprinkle some racism in. <laughs> this is, you know, the culture wars of America. Uh, yeah, it's getting tense, people. Uh, the fighting has begun on the Republican side. What I'm really, really going to try to do over the next year until <laughs> the next election, year and a half, whatever it is, is I'm going to really do my best not to be adding fuel constantly to every little, every little bit of bickering and nonsensical argument and do exactly, you know, the thing that the media does. They take little things, they make them big things. Then we have big things and they make them small things. I'm really going to try not to do that. Uh, but there is some jockeying going on right now. And because we're in this sort of, uh, I would say, kind of undefined space where the guy who's presumably the leader of the thing, DeSantis, hasn't announced, you have the other I suppose in his eyes, presumed leader, and in many other people's eyes, presumed leader as well. Trump kind of going after him. I think there's been a real energy shift, this whole insanity out of New York with the DA who apparently is going to arrest Trump, although yesterday was Tuesday and there were no arrests. There's just like a lot of energy that is shifting right now. And I want to just dive into the pros and cons of everybody. And uh, that will be to the backdrop of what I did for the first hour that I woke this morning. I had my coffee, I fed the kids, and then uh, I did an hour and a half podcast with Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, Vivek obviously has jumped in. He is running for president on the Republican side. He is launching a podcast. I'm the first guest. And we, we set an intention before we started. We only chatted for a minute or two uh, before the cameras started rolling, but our intention was that we would get into all of our disagreements on all of the stuff and talk about what I thought were his strengths and weaknesses, what I thought were DeSantis' strength, strengths and weaknesses, Trump's, et cetera, et cetera. So it was really good. I think it's gonna be out on Monday, uh, but I think it, it kind of wet the whistle uh, for today's show. Uh, so why don't we uh, get right to it? How about that? Uh, but before we do, let's talk about Birch Gold real quick. Uh, you know, you can buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right, on qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Visit birchgold.com slash Dave to get your free info kit on gold and claim your eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal, the feds keep raising rates because it's the only two tool they have to keep inflation under control. It ain't working, hint. Uh, you can't spend your way out of inflation, guys. You've seen the market You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold, whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals 
where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rati- uh, rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Visit birchgold.com Dave for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March, March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, visit birchgold.com Dave. And now back to me. All right. Here's the situation, people. There's a presidential election coming. There's always a presidential election coming. It never stops. We're always in an election cycle. And people want to be president to rule the world. That's what it's all about. Uh, the guy that everyone seems to be focused on mostly is Ron DeSantis right now. Now, ironically, Ron DeSantis has not announced, as you know, but even in the last couple of days, as this whole brouhaha has broken out over Trump and this possible arrest by the Soros-backed lefty progressive DA of New York City. Most of the Trump energy was spent on attacking DeSantis for not defending Trump enough. And I think that's a real shift. That tells you that the energy has moved so that when Trump is getting attacked, his inclination wasn't to attack that way, it was attack DeSantis. That is something worth noting because something is afoot. Governor DeSantis sat down with Piers Morgan at the governor's mansion in Tallahassee yesterday. We're going to show you a couple clips here, uh, but Piers did not hold back and he went right at it. Hey, Ron, can you beat Orange Man? I think you could beat Biden? I think so. So you're running them? No, I didn't say that. I just said I think I could. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, if you look at Florida. Who would be harder to beat, Biden or Donald Trump? I don't know. The question obviously there was, can you beat Biden? But really what it is, is can you beat Trump? Because that's what you got to do to beat Biden. So look, DeSantis says I can do it. We don't know if DeSantis is running. It seems like it's going in that direction. But one of the things that's happening, as I've been saying, is that the attacks, if you look at Trump's Truth Social account, because he's, he's technically back on Twitter, but has not been tweeting. There's some questions as to what's going on there. Uh, it sounds like there's probably a lot of legal reasons and a lot of money tied up in Truth that is forcing him to fully stay there and not go back on Twitter. He may have his own calculations. I I don't know what's going on there fully. Uh, But if you look at Trump's Truth Social account, it's mostly attacking DeSantis. So you gotta think, all right, here's the guy who he thinks is the real threat at the moment. Piers asked uh, Governor DeSantis if uh, the nicknames are getting him. Which is your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron? Ronda Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. I think uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell the Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me. You can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner because that's what we've been able to do in Florida is put a lot of points on the board and and, and really take the state to the next level. I think that's the right response, right? Like, you don't have to get upset about the nicknames. I don't think they're quite working. You know, the fact that Trump apparently was workshopping them, that he brought like a whole bunch of people together. Are we going to call him Meatball Ron or Ron DeSanctimonious or Ron DeSilence or whatever? It's like it shows you that maybe that thing isn't as sharp as it was, right? Little Marco and Lion Ted and whatever else he was using on the other people. I also think something has just shifted at a, at a cultural level where, you know, five years ago or whatever it is now, six, seven years ago, when he was starting this whole thing, he needed to break through the system in a totally new way. And social media was still a bit on the new side in terms of 
pure politics and all of that stuff. And he needed to do some crazy things to really get at Hillary and all that, and it worked. I think now, especially because of three years of, of COVID and just what's going on with the economy and this crazy Russia, Ukraine war that continually is getting ramped up and now seeing what China is doing and social credits and all the stuff we talked about yesterday, I just don't think people want nicknames anymore. I really think at the end of the day, regardless of whether it's DeSantis or Trump or Vivek or Nikki or whoever, what people really want more than anything else, not to say that we all won't get caught up in, oh my God, that gotcha moment on the debate stage and he called this one, that one, and okay, fine. What people want more than anything else is competency. So I thought DeSantis' answer there is right. It's like, you can say whatever you want, but at the end of the day, I'm a winner. Look what we've done here in Florida. And Florida clearly is the freest state in the union lowest all-time unemployment. Our economy is chugging along despite everything the federal government is doing. We've got virtually no crime. We've got virtually no homeless people. Like it's working here. That's what he has to hang his hat on. Uh, and I thought this was a good question by Piers. Uh, what is the difference between you and Trump in terms of style? People have been quite kind of scathing. They've said your house trained Donald, your diet Coke to his <laughs> full Coke, right? You've heard all this stuff. What are the differences between you? Well, I know what I, I know him very well. I, having now spent time with you, I, I could immediately identify a few differences. But what do you think of the differences? Well, I mean, I think there's a few things. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the approach to COVID was, was different. I mean, you know, I would have fired somebody like Fauci. Uh, I think that he got way too big for his britches, and I think he did a lot of damage. Uh, I also think just in terms of my approach to leadership, you know, I get personnel in the government who have the agenda of the people and share our agenda. If you bring your own agenda in, you're gone. We're just not gonna have that. So the way we run the government, I think, is no daily drama, focus on the big picture, and put points on the board. And I think that that's something that's very important. Solid answer. It gets to my point about competency, about the type of people that you have around you. And if you were to get to the White House, again, regardless who the candidate is, do you have the staff that will keep their eye on the ball, that will complete the mission, that won't be leaking left and right? Is it all gonna be about drama and firing people and press secretaries that are there for three days like Anthony Scaramucci or whatever else? I think that is a, a really stark difference that, that DeSantis can say, hey, here's what I've done in now my roughly five years in Florida. Here's the staff that I've brought along with me that has been airtight and professional and deals with the media properly. And we don't have leaks, as he said last week, we've never had a leak now, by the way, it'll be completely different if they make it to DC because there is that never ending swamp state that exists there. It's much harder to keep things under wraps. It's a whole other challenge. So I grant him that, uh, but I think that's a, that's a really strong point that if they get to that debate stage, uh, it's like, hey, Donald, who can you staff your team with at this point? Who wants to work for you? Who haven't you turned against, et cetera, et cetera? There's something there. Uh, so why is the tension growing right now, right? And there's, a, there's an obvious reason for it. Uh, what happened over the last couple of days has been sort of crazy. On Friday, as you know, Trump, with no corroboration, uh, put on Truth Social that he was gonna be arrested on Tuesday. Now, today is Wednesday, so unless in the last two minutes, uh, Trump has been arrested, uh, it has not happened yet, and it certainly didn't happen on Tuesday. Now, I can say, as I said yesterday, and I will continue to say, without question, with no air, no, no, no nothing, airtight, this DA, Alvin Bragg, this Soros-funded DA, is absolutely in negligent, 
negligence of his duty right now. We have been through this before with impeachment one, impeachment two, Mar-a-Lago raid, January 6th. This is the machine throwing everything they've got at for purely political purposes because they do not like Trump. And I suspect it is coordinated in, in ways that we do not know. This is not just some, you know, one rogue DA being like, I'm here, I'm the new sheriff in town, I'm gonna save the Republic. I suspect that there's uh, much deeper connections there. But because of that, and then the fact that DeSantis didn't say anything till Monday. Now it was, Trump announced it Friday afternoon, it was the weekend, and then literally first thing Monday morning, first thing, uh, DeSantis talked about it. He addressed it at a press conference. It was right before we started doing the show. We threw the clip in live. I thought his response was absolutely fine. He said, look, this is a completely ridiculous uh, game that this guy is playing. Uh, he said that he's a Soros-funded DA. He said, I've fired a Soros-funded DA here in Tampa. I'm in a lawsuit about it, and I don't know anything about paying off porn stars, which was kind of funny. I think it was all solid, but the base, the Trump people, pissed at DeSantis, okay, is what it is. This is what politics is all about. Uh, DeSantis explained it a bit more to peers related to his response to the whole thing. You did a press conference this morning and you were responding to the reports, rumors of Donald Trump potentially being indicted. And you gave an interesting response, very sort of supportive of him in a way by saying, yeah, you know, I think what's happening there is outrageous. It's political posturing by this DA and so on in New York and they should be focused on more important things. But you also repeated twice, you didn't have any knowledge of hush money being paid to porn stars. Was I right to feel that there was a slightly censorious tone to that, that that kind of thing is just not anything you would ever get involved with? Well, I think it's, there's a lot of speculation about what the underlying conduct is that is purported to be it. And, you know, the reality is that's just outside my wheelhouse. I mean, that's just not something that I can speak to. So, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come to where you end up seeing this going forward. I mean, look, if you are a very strident prosecutor in disguise on the left and you're not prosecuting a lot of crimes, Manhattan's gotten uh, less safe, you're going to go after somebody on the other side for some novel offense. Uh, that just does not inspire confidence, and people see that as weaponizing the justice system. So, so I think it's fundamentally wrong to do that. And um, you know, I just made it be known. But who, you know, we'll see. Maybe it won't come to that. I mean, I, we haven't seen any. Okay, again, he's being very clear that this is politics in action out of this New York City DA office. It is nothing other than that. And I like the fact that he said, "Look, this is a guy who's not prosecuting crime." There are all sorts of crazy. We, I mean, we've shown you them a million times. The New York City stats related to crime and drugs and homelessness and all that. And the amount of, uh, it's now leaking out because people are looking into this guy, Alex Bragg, the amount of, uh, of uh, felonies that he has turned into misdemeanors, people that he has in jail, and then the results of these people getting back out on the street. As for the thing about DeSantis saying, you know, he doesn't know what it's like to pay off a porn star. I don't know what it's like to pay off a porn star. Do any of you guys know what it's like to pay off a porn star for sex, anyone? Nobody, nobody in this room does. So it's an interesting point to bring up. There's something that happens when you're paying off a porn star for sex, okay? And he's allowed to joke about it too. I mean, that's the thing. He joked about it. Like when I saw all these Trump people upset that he had made a joke about it, it's like Trump jokes about everybody, about their size and their weight and their behavior and their age and their, and it's just, it's okay. Anyway, I saw a meme uh, from an account called Florida Dad on Twitter that I really thought captured what was happening over these last couple months, or couple months, the, these last couple days here. 
Uh, it says, uh, and if you're familiar with memes, you get the, the format that they, they went with here. I can't believe Ron DeSilence hasn't made a statement about Trump. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to secure silence over some type of alleged affair, but he is a Soros-backed DA who is going after Trump for political reasons. I can't believe Ron DeSanctimonious made that statement about Trump, LOL. So you get the point. The energy has shifted so that the last four days or so, uh, everyone on the Trump side was angry about DeSantis because of something that a New York City progressive DA funded by Soros did. That tells you that in some way now, the Trump energy is actually DeSantis energy, right? And in 2015, you could sort of, you could look at it this way. In some ways, because Trump was the outsider, he was punching above his weight class, right? Because he was going after Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. He was going after the guys that were in the system. So to go after them with the silly nicknames and whatever, it kind of made sense. Something is different now. Because in 2023, you could argue it's something like this. He's punching below his weight class. First off, DeSantis isn't even a candidate, but DeSantis is the one guy in America, the one politician more than anyone else who has done it right for the last couple of years. So that's why the nicknames are falling flat or saying, you know, uh, Florida was doing great before DeSantis and then crediting Charlie Crist. It's like this stuff isn't working, as I have said many times. And I will continue to say, and I hope I can say it to President Trump to his face, there is 100% a case to be made that Donald Trump is the only guy who can do this, who has put it on the line before and could do it again and has the resources to do it and, and the, the resentment, the well-deserved resentment of these people. Maybe he is the only guy that can drain the swamp and do the entire thing. That's the case you gotta make. But if your case is desanctimonious or I'm upset because he made a joke or some of that stuff, it just isn't gonna work. But again, the, the broad point today is where really is the energy? So much of politics is just about energy. It's about who people are talking about, why they're talking about them, who the media is going after, who they're trying to destroy. And if you think about it, really just think about it clearly, the last couple of days, who suddenly became the enemy? It was DeSantis more than the DA. That's where Trump and the Trump people were focused. Tells you something. Uh, I saw this other tweet from, uh, from Florida Dad. This is just a random account we came across that I thought they were just making some good points. Trump, DeSantis is an establishment uniparty globalist neocon meatball that grooms teenage girls and is probably gay. DeSantis, I'm focused on helping Floridians. MAGA, I will never vote for DeSantis now after these disloyal attacks. Look, again, I get it, guys. This is a little bit of insider baseball stuff with politics, and I don't want to add to the destruction of everything. That's why I'm trying to expose some of this stuff now. Imagine if all of these guys, look, DeSantis can very clearly get on, if he's going to run, get on a debate stage and say, this is what I've done. This is the blueprint. Here's how I will continue to govern. If you, if you get me out of uh, you know, Florida and take me to D.C., not get me out of Florida, who would wanna leave Florida to a certain sense, but if I go from Florida to DC, here's what I'm gonna do, here's the track record. Trump, here's what I did last time, the economy was way better, we weren't at wars, like there's an argument to be made there. Vivek, I'm gonna be the guy that understands the economy the most, et cetera. Nikki, here are my foreign policy chops, here's what I did in South Carolina. Like there's a way to do all that stuff, so I'm trying to slightly defang everybody at the moment because the, the hatred that's coming from the Trump people on DeSantis, it's, it's just two minutes ago, you guys all loved him. 
You, now you fear him, so you hate him, but you all loved him and know, everyone just fundamentally knows. What is, the, what is the most obvious truth about this? He has been the best governor in the United States for the past four plus years, did the most on COVID, his state is flourishing, and most red states are looking to Florida as the blueprint to export, to, to fix what is wrong with so much of the country right now. And if you want a little context, on uh, some of this. Uh, here's a post from Trump on Truth Social. This is just, uh, what is this? This is about a month ago. Uh, and it's a random picture from an, from an anonymous account with Ron DeSantis when he was, I think, a TA or a teacher in college uh, with a couple of girls. And the implication is that he was a groomer or a pedophile or something else. And that's what Trump was doing to DeSantis a month ago. There's no truth to any of it, obviously. Um, but so for the people that were just like, and DeSantis didn't defend him the second that he could on this uncorroborated thing that still hasn't happened. It's like, you know what? If you keep calling someone a pedophile and a groomer long enough, eventually they're just like, ah, you know, I'm not gonna stick my neck out for that guy. And you kinda can't blame him. And the biggest point on that, as I tweeted out last night, he didn't get arrested. What did I tweet last night? I think we've got the tweet. So did Trump get arrested today or nah? And uh, nah, that is the answer. It didn't happen. So look, it may happen. Maybe by the time we close up shop here today, it'll have happened. But maybe there was enough pushback. Maybe the, maybe the entire machine looked at what was going on and going, man, we overplayed our hand here. You can't arrest this guy. You're making him more powerful again. You know, the more you tighten the grip, the more star systems that'll slip through your fingers. Could have been one of those situations. Uh, anyway, Tucker Carlson's been commenting on this because people that talk for a living about politics talk when things happen politically. Uh, and he was, uh, where was this? Was this on, it was on Tucker's show, right? Yeah, this is on Tucker's show. Uh, we played like a hundred clips before the show today. Uh, this is on Tucker's show talking about the possible arrest and the lack of response from the Biden White House. Because if you separate all of this from what you think Trump did or didn't do or porn stars and payoffs and everything else, we enter banana republic type stuff when you start arresting political opponents for nonsensical things, right? And you make everyone think, man, the whole system is corrupt. And once everyone thinks the whole system is corrupt, that's a system that is ripe to fail because it only works as long as we believe that it can work. Uh, that's what Tucker was addressing right here. These about when and where Donald Trump will be arrested, fingerprinted and photographed against a cinder block wall for his mugshot. How much of this is true? Once again, we cannot say. Here's what we know. A Soros-funded prosecutor in New York, a man who ran on the promise to indict Trump, seems to be working hard to indict Trump, indicting him for a crime that no one even pretends is a crime, including the federal agency that has already investigated it and declared it not a crime. So in Manhattan tomorrow, what will certainly be an overwhelmingly liberal grand jury will meet and unless something unexpected happens, Democrats will have taken the unprecedented step of using a corrupt justice system to take out the front runner in the Republican presidential field in a presidential race. And if that happens, America will never be the same. You've got to hope that for the sake of the country, the Biden White House, which will be running against Trump, will put the country above partisanship and stop this. That Merrick Garland at DOJ will issue a very public statement saying that this is wrong, which it is, and therefore preserve for our grandchildren our justice system. As of tonight, that doesn't seem to be happening. You know, it's interesting because we, we obviously have a very politicized uh, DA in New York. There's no doubt about it. And Tucker is right. The guy ran on basically saying he was going to indict Trump. That shouldn't surprise you. You may remember 
uh, election night when Trump got elected and Rashida Tlaib screaming about how they were going to impeach him just the night that he got elected. And then they spent, obviously, four years doing anything and everything to get rid of this guy. Uh, what's interesting about what Tucker said there is I actually don't know, and we should talk to, a, I guess, probably a constitutional scholar or, or a lawyer on this. I don't know what Merrick Garland, as the attorney general, uh, is allowed to do, what statement, what sort of statement he's allowed to make related to a New York City internal investigation. And I don't know that you would actually want the attorney general commenting on an internal investigation for a city, right? Because what, I do believe that city, state, federal, I don't believe in it this way. I, I actually technically don't know what the answer to that is. I, I suppose he would be allowed to share his thoughts on it or something like that. But if it's an ongoing investigation, I don't know all of that. But the overriding point of if you do, if you guys go ahead and do this on some nonsensical misdemeanor technicality from years ago that everyone is way past, it is so obvious that you're doing it just for political purposes that the fire that you are going to ignite is going to be, it's going, to, it potentially could burn everything down and it could also be the fuel that sends Trump back into the White House, right? If you think about it, the energy now, although I'm telling you that the Trump energy is actually DeSantis energy, people are talking about Trump again, right? They are. It's just a simple fact whether you like Trump or not. Had they not done this, people wouldn't be talking about him. So you guys, you, you're laying your own trap here. Uh, anyway, Tucker also related to this, uh, related this to the DA himself, who is doing virtually nothing on crime in New York City, which is skyrocketing and actually not doing nothing. He's reversing some very obvious policies on how you deal with criminals. So here you have a DA who treats violent felonies like they're misdemeanors, even when it gets people killed, who's unleashing criminals on the population, but then spending all of his time trying to destroy his political opponents. In this case, elevating a misdemeanor charge to the, a felony for the purpose of taking down Trump. Right. So if anyone should be looked into here, it's the DA. It's Bragg at this point. Like, are you doing things because you are following the letter of the law, which is what your job is as a DA? You're supposed to decide what cases get pushed, what people get off, what all the actual technical legal justifications are for someone being arrested, what we're going to spend time investigating, et cetera, et cetera. Are you doing that or are you doing things for a, a, a much broader political purpose? I think that's fairly obvious. And then Tucker didn't hold back on what would the, what the outcome would be if they go ahead and do this thing. Taking out your opponent using the justice system. If the Democratic Party is allowed to do this, allowed to crush the presidential front runner, the main threat to their power with a bogus criminal case, where does that leave us? We're done because that precedent will live forever. Yeah, he's totally right. If you start doing this, if we start jailing people based on politics more than nonsensical technicalities or what, so you paid off a porn star or whatever the hell it was, it doesn't even matter. We all know this is about politics. Once you do this, once enough of us are like, wow, it is all BS. You need your people to believe in the system. We all have to believe this works to some extent. Like we can all go, ah, it's crazy. And there are wacky politicians and people always saying crazy things. But enough of us at the moment believe that the system works so that it inherently gives the system some juice. Once you basically say, okay, we're going to take out a certain set of people, because of course it wouldn't stop with Trump, right? I mean, and this to, to Trump's credit, he always says this, they're not going after me. 
They're going after me to show you that they can come after you. I'm just standing in the way. And once they do that with Trump, do you think they wouldn't do it to DeSantis? Do you think they wouldn't do it to Nikki Haley or literally anyone else that speaks against the line? And it wouldn't even be political related. It would be pundit related or whatever, whatever it might be. That is how you end up. I mean, that's what the term banana republic is, that it's all just this endless show and none of it works and it's asymmetrical and it's based on who has power and when they have power and that you will always use that power to destroy all of your opponents. But what is the mainstream media focused on? To me, that's what they should be focused on. Regardless of political ideology, that's what they should be focused on, that we cannot enter a situation where we're gonna be arresting front runners for uh, presidential primaries, right? We just cannot do that. But what are they focused on? Instead, they're focused on the commentary around the Trump arrest. We're about to show you a clip from the televised mental institution, MSNBC. Here is noted racist Joy Reid. And she's upset that people keep bringing up that George Soros funded this DA. Now, before we show you the clip, I just want to be clear. George Soros did fund this DA. He has also funded DAs in San Francisco. Chesa Bodine, who destroyed San Francisco, then got recalled. He also funded George Gascon, formerly of San Francisco, destroyed that place, now destroying Los Angeles. He has also funded DAs in Philadelphia and in Chicago and in Tampa. And by the way, that guy, Ron DeSantis, removed him. But somehow, if you mention that George Soros puts tons of money to get DAs into these cities to then roll back laws and then allow criminals out on the streets and then we know what happened in all these blue cities, uh, somehow you're being racist? Yeah. Tracy Walder, last word to you then on this. The fact that they keep throwing George Soros's name, we've talked a lot on the, on the in, in our show meetings, is it definitely feels like a dog whistle that is dangerous. It absolutely feels like a dog whistle that's dangerous. Look, most of these groups, the Oath Keepers, Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, they all subscribe to what you you are all referring to as the Great Replacement Theory, which is that idea that the majority of the white population is, is, is being replaced. And this is why we see these spikes in in racism, these spikes in anti-Semitism is because they are ascribing to this belief and it's stoking this, this division. I mean, Trump has for multiple years actually now has called for a civil war. And I think that's really what he's inferring when he does that. And that's why we're playing whack-a-mole essentially yeah. with a lot of these online threats. And, and Republicans are letting him do it. And the Republican yes, party's letting him do it. They stand by and, and as if that's okay. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're embarrassing lady, whoever you are. These people are so embarrassing. The spikes in racism and the spikes in attacks on say Jews and Asians in New York. It's funny, are they white supremacists doing these things? No, it's virtually all black people. That's just a fact. That's not me being racist. That's just telling you what's happening. Watch any time an Asian woman is just mauled on the street in Chinatown in New York City or when they go into Brooklyn and just attack a bunch of Orthodox Jews. It's not a bunch of white supremacists with MAGA nooses and flags like Jesse Smollett would have you believe and the media would love. And guess what? If that was happening, you would know about it because the media would be going all in on it, right? It would be a freaking uh, bukkake of uh, information. It was a lot, it was a lot. Uh, the point is that Alvin Braggs, these DAs, they incentivize all of these racist attacks because they are soft on crime, 
right? Once you say to people, ah, you know, occasionally you're allowed to just, you know, I don't know, rape someone in a vestibule as they're trying to go into their apartment or just punch a random person or push them into a subway, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of making that a felony, we'll actually downgrade that to a misdemeanor, which this guy has done on a crazy amount of cases. Well, then bad guys start doing more bad things. It's sort of what New York City has done with the subways. Once you say, uh, you know what, if you don't uh, swipe your card, if you just jump the turnstile, we're actually not going to arrest you. What you're doing is twofold. On one hand, you're incentivizing criminals, right? You're telling people, okay, just don't, don't pay your way in. Just break the law, jump the turnstile. We're not going to do anything. And then you're also saying to all the law-abiding citizens, you know what, you're a bunch of suckers. You morons, why aren't you jumping the turnstile, old lady? You're paying the money to get in and use the subway and use public transportation. Hop that thing, lady. It's all so stupid, but this is what they have. What they have is no matter what, whether it's Trump, DeSantis, anyone else, what are they gonna be? They're gonna be anti-black, they're gonna be a fascist dictator, they're gonna be an anti-Semite and anti-gay. That is what they are gonna be, but don't take my word for it. How about some mainstream media compilation examples of exactly what I'm talking about? If Florida Governor Ron DeSantis becomes president of the United States, which he is clearly aiming for, America will become the land of total government control over women's bodies, black history, gender identity, how you can teach, learn, read, think, even talk. It's like the ultimate gaslighting to basically be steamrolling fascist policies into the state and, and, and doing so under the banner of freedom and rights. It's terrifying. It feels like a Soviet system or, you know, the way the Nazis would build a Potemkin village. He really has tried to turn himself into sort of a local Mussolini in Florida with the book banding and the br brutal tactics. He is somebody that now has attacked African-American education. He is attacking any type of liberal arts education. This guy just seems like just sort of a curmudgeonly anti-black uh, and anti-LGBTQ person. We have to call this what this is. This is fascism and authoritarianism that goes even beyond what Trump has talked about. Ron DeSantis is uniquely dangerous on cultural issues and his strive, his strive to take the nation back 50 years. I mean, what did I tell you guys six months ago? They are going to call him Hitler with a calculator, right? Trump was just orange Hitler. This is the guy who can do it. Uh, they're coming for women's bodies here in Florida. Uh, Daphne, you're the only identified woman in this room, unless any of you guys have something to tell me. Uh, when you got in your car today and made it all the way here, 12 minute drive or so, uh, was your body attacked in any way? Did any a person with a Florida flag, did anyone, nobody came after you? And uh, guys, did you note any fascism on your way here or when you were maybe at uh, Trader Joe's yesterday, was there any sort of incident of fascism or racism? Uh, did you maul a trans person today or attack or belittle a, oh, actually, Brock nodded yes. Okay, so there was one little minor incident, okay? And I'm sure he had his reasons. It's all just insane. This is literally the freest place on earth. It is the best place to live and flourish and, and be happy and fulfilled and all of those things. If you are watching or know anyone watching MSNBC, you must drug them and reprogram them. You have to take them to a forest. You know, they do this. They, they, you know when you have a kid, like a 16-year-old kid, and he's out of control, and he's on the drugs, and he's saying mean words, and he's breaking things? You take the kid, you put a black hat on there, and you put them in a plane, and you send them off to, like, the forest somewhere in Utah or something, and then you have people yell at them, and they have to survive? That's what you have to do to your friends who are watching MSNBC, okay? Something like that. Well, Media Matters is going to have a field day with that one. Ruben wants to black bag people and send them to the forest of Utah. Anyway, what's really going on here? What's going on here? Well, obviously, 
the DeSantis thing is gaining momentum. That's why Trump's going after him. That's why the lunatics, you just have to look where the, the fire is aimed, right? Where is the fire aimed? And that is the thing that it really matters at the moment. Uh, and it does seem like DeSantis is going to run. Uh, here's a tweet from Florida's Voice. Governor Ron DeSantis is reportedly stacking April travel plans for New Hampshire, Ohio, and Michigan. Uh, those are three states that you might want to travel to if perhaps you were going to run for president. Uh, and, you know, one of the other assets, I would say a bit of a secret weapon that DeSantis has, not, not such a secret if you're here in Florida, is that Casey DeSantis, the first lady, is, is really doing some incredible stuff. You know, she had cancer, uh, which she is fully recovered from, and she did an unbelievable job raising funds after Hurricane Ian. Uh, and we've got more from Florida's Voice. Casey DeSantis expands Hope Florida program to the private sector and secures hundreds of thousands in donations. And if you're not sure what Hope Florida is, it utilizes Hope Navigators to guide Floridians on an individualized path to prosperity, economic self-sufficiency, and hope by focusing on community collaboration between the private sector faith-based community, nonprofits, and government entities to break down traditional community silos in an effort to maximize resources and uncover opportunities. Public benefit customers statewide, public benefit customers statewide, children aging out of foster care, pregnant mothers contending with substance abuse disorders, parents and families who need assistance. So we're trying to do what America was set up to do. We're trying to do some blend of public-private partnership so that individual people can get help at the grassroots ground level. And that's what she's leading on here. Uh, so look, it's obvious that this thing is going national, whether, whether ultimately, whether he announces or not, the blueprint is here and that is what people need to be focused on. Uh, of course, the other question is who, who would Trump or DeSantis or whoever it might be run against? And people seem to still think that Joe Biden is gonna run. Now, at this point, the machine is so out of control. The, the, the band-aids on top of band-aids of stupidity here are, are so layered that I think it's possible he's gonna run. Everyone knows there's something wrong with him. His wife, Dr. Jill Biden, refuses to have him examined. Remember that clip? We would never have him take a cognitive test. Who do you think we are? But they keep pretending he's either running or in charge. Here's cringe. Jean-Pierre's uh, comment on just that from yesterday. The president has said many times that he intends to run. I'm not going to go beyond that. Uh, that is uh, for the president to decide clearly. All right, so I guess he's going to run as opposed to falling down the stairs or falling up the stairs. He's better at falling up the stairs than falling down the stairs, which is a certain skill uh, in and of itself. Uh, but okay, let's wrap the show up today with a sort of holistic what would make sense going forward? Well, I think at this point, it's fair to say DeSantis is probably running. I think you know my feelings on what's going on here in Florida. I think you can see who is taking heat right now and where the sort of focus is. Uh, so I wanna flash back to a clip that we showed you about four or five months ago. Uh, it was also involving Piers Morgan. Jordan Peterson was on his show in November of 22, telling Piers why he thinks DeSantis would be a better pick than Trump, but perhaps why Trump should still be running. Would you like him to run again? Would it be good for America, do you think? No, I, I don't think it would be good for America. Would it be good for him to run? That's a, dif that's a difficult question because it might be that it would be good for America 
to have whether or not Donald Trump should be president sorted out in the public sphere, yeah. debated intensely and subject to an election. So it might be very interesting to see him put himself forward on the Republican ticket. If I had my druthers, um, and I say this, I hope with due care, I would rather see someone like DeSantis step forward who mm. shares some of that forthright um, um, strength, let's say, that characterizes Trump at his best, but seems to be a, a more uh, cautious administrator and a less divisive figure. I think that would be better. Choosing your words carefully as you always do, my friend. Look, the point of all of this, guys, is every Republican right now needs to be equipped with the message. They need to be armed with the idea that we have a much bigger enemy to fight. If all of your fire is focused on the guy who kept the state open, who fought Fauci and the CDC, whose state is flourishing, if you're throwing things at him like he's a pedophile or a groomer or other nonsensical, he's a rhino and a globalist, when you all know it's not true and we all know it's not true and it's just sort of, it's just nothingness. I'm telling you, it, there was a reason it worked last time, but sometimes you need new tricks. Sometimes you can't just go back to the old move, you know what I mean? Like if you were playing basketball, you know, and you make a great move, you can maybe make that move on the next play, but on the third play, guess what? The defender is gonna know what to do. And I think that's what Trump is coming up against right now. We have a major problem in America. That major problem is that wokeness and big government and collectivism and, and, and in essence, communism, it's being ushered in through Democrat socialists who now don't even say Democrat socialists anymore, but the socialist movement of government will do everything for you. That is the threat in America. We've got a good crop of Republicans right now and they have to make sure, look, primaries are always gonna be messy. That's the thing. There's always gonna be hurt feelings. Friends are gonna turn on each other, all of that stuff. But I, as I keep saying, Trump has just got to level up if he really wants this thing. Make the case for Trump. But if it's just gonna be low blow, low blow, and here's a picture of him with some girls a long time ago, it ain't gonna work and it degrades you. I really, I really do believe that. Uh, Jordan, in February of 22, so this is a little over a year ago, Jordan Peterson was on the Patrick Bet David podcast talking uh, not about political racehorse politics, DeSantis, Trump, and all that, but talking about how actually there is a new message to be heard for young people right now, that conservatives for the first time in a long time actually have a message to get across, and that if they do that effectively, that things can get much better, and it can happen pretty quickly. I, I really love this answer. Take a look. Tell a better story. Tell a better story if you want yeah. to get reelected. Is that no, 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 no. The way to reelection is through a better story, but that's not the reason to tell it. The reason to tell it is because you believe it. And the, for the first time in my life, really, I believe this to be the case. Conservatives really have something to sell to young people, and they have the they can sell the meaning of responsibility, because young people are bereft of meaning. And most people find meaning in responsibility. And, and when the right talks about responsibility, they kind of do it in that finger-wagging way that makes conservatives unpopular among young people. You should be responsible. It's like, yeah, you should. Why? Well, because your life is chaotic and meaningless and you're stuck in this juvenile surreality. And it's really painful for you and you're anxious and aimless and goalless. And then you look at people who have a life because maybe you could have a life and you think, well, what does that life consist of? It's like, well, you have a committed, intimate relationship. There's one, 
you have friends that you're honest with and, and playful with. Mm -hmm. So you have a group of friends. You have a job or a career. You know, you, you, you learn how to use your life, your time outside of work in a productive, engaging way. You regulate your susceptibility to the multitude of hedonistic temptations that are in front of you. Um, you pay some attention to your mental and physical health. You make a goal, some goals for the future that are concrete. Isn't that interesting? What, what Jordan's describing right there, which we all know is kind of right. Like if you take some responsibility for yourself, maybe you'll find someone that you can fall in love with and build a family. Maybe you'll find friends and coworkers that you respect and like. Maybe you'll control some of your crazier impulses. That that is the conservative message that young people need. I mean, why is it that the, the progressive young people who are now confused about their gender and are suddenly selling uh, that you should be fat and that you shouldn't know what the difference between boys and girls are and you should judge people based on the color of their skin. Why are they all miserable and screaming and unproductive? And then there's this other set of people and I, I meet them at all the events that I do that are young people who are seriously impressive because they're putting the pieces together. That's the message that conservatives should have. And then to link that to everything else that we've talked about today, the question I suppose for the rest of us whether, whether you're a young person just doing the beginnings of that or if you're someone in, in middle age doing that or you're someone uh, in, in your elderly years or older years uh, trying to conserve those good things, who is the best person to steward a country that can lead us to that? And that is the decision that we will all have to make. From where I sit right now, obviously I think Ron DeSantis, what he has done and the level of competence and, and the Florida focused freedom initiative is obviously the best way to go forward on that. But again, there is a case to be made for Trump. And if this all ends with DeSantis remaining governor of Florida and Trump being president, I will be freaking thrilled. That might be the, that might be the best situation, especially uh, for everyone in this room as Floridians, it really might be. But the question is, if you believe in personal responsibility and, and all of the things Jordan just laid out there, who can help seed that? Who can help seed so that so the world will allow you to do all of those things? Do you want it to be someone that is hyper-competent and, and not playing all the games and not getting lost in all the craziness? Or do you want sort of mutually assured destruction and all of, all of that? Maybe there's a reason for that. That's what you have to think about for yourself. Uh, and I wanna show you one other clip of Jordan. This is also with uh, Patrick Bet David talking about how to market the message because it's not just that telling people, you know, he's saying in the old days, conservatives would wag the finger, you kids better grow up and be more like us because look at us, we wear our shirts tucked in and you like the rock and roll. Okay, that's not how you get people across the finish line. You can start doing it uh, in all sorts of ways that Jordan obviously is, that there is a, there is a power to life if you start taking care of yourself appropriately. But really what we have to do, and I think this is quite simple, is contrast it, what the left, uh, contrast it with what the left is selling because they're selling a bill of goods that is faulty. Uh, it's shiny, but it's faulty as hell. Jordan talked about that. Conservatives can make that case. No bloody left isn't making that case. It's like for them, responsibility is pretty much equivalent to totalitarian patriarchal oppression. The conservatives could just take that and say, no, no, our institutions, they're pretty solid. Maybe if you don't like what's happening on the political front, you join a, a group, a church, uh, the Elks, the Rotary, some civic organization. Get in there and do your part. Why? Not because you should, even though you should, but because, well, why not meet some people who are like-minded and 
have a social group. And Wouldn't that be something if we all did that? And I can tell you as a, as a new Floridian, every Sunday we go to the farmer's market here and I meet people, I meet the local vendors, everybody kind of knows me, I chat with everybody, I, I'll, I'll buy honey from the local guy who's selling honey and uh, you know uh, our vegetables from the local guys selling vegetables. And then you start knowing people and you start becoming less cynical about things. And you realize, boy, I'm doing all right. I can help this guy do all right. And then our community's kind of feeling pretty good, right? And what does that all lead to? It leads to a flourishing uh, community at the micro level, city above that, state above that. And then maybe we can export that so that we'd have a flourishing country once again and we could get back to the United States. That might be a little Pollyannish at this point. Maybe it is just too screwy in some of those blue states, but there's a chance and we do have something better to sell. And to tie this all together, the question is, will we sell that in, uh, aspirational message or will we just go down the path of, I want power, so I will do everything I can to destroy everybody else, including the people who have done it the best. Trump has to make that decision for himself. And again, I, I mean this with respect and I will gladly sit down and talk to him about it. That's the decision he has to make. Will I go scorched earth to attain power again? I, I feel that I was unjustly uh, not voted in for a second term or however he wants to phrase that. And I'm so pissed about it. And I think I'm the only one that can do this, that I will destroy the guy who's the governor of the state I live in, who has done absolutely everything right in the, in the quest for that power. And then we all have to decide how we want to play within that game. I think this was a very uh, mature show today. I limit, the Bukaki reference was a little gratuitous, but I think besides that, sorry, sorry. We're having Shake Shack for lunch. That's pretty good. So it's like, it's a wash. It's a wash. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Phoenix is grading me on the fly. He would have given this the rare 10 today. It was a serious show. It was sobering. It wasn't the funniest show we've ever done, but it was a solid show. I think everyone could agree on that. I've been docked 0.1 point for the Bukaki reference. They're giving me a 9-9, but we leave it up to you guys. Uh, I'll chat with the rest of you guys in the uh, Locals postgame show in just a moment. If you want to join us, rubenreport.locals.com. And we've got the iOS app and the Android app if you want to download that. And play along with us. Uh, part one of my interview with Nikki Haley is up on YouTube and Rumble right now. Full things up ad-free at Locals. Uh, we leave you <laughs> with more of the machine doing it with Democrats. And I'll see everybody in about 40 seconds. Ciao. I want an ice cream. How quickly, how quickly would I... That sends an ice cream. Oh, shit. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.